Street Talk by Franklin Street provides real-time expertise navigating the trending topics of today's commercial real estate markets. Episodes feature industry insiders in dynamic conversations hosted by Franklin Street CEO and managing partner, Andrew Wright. Welcome to this episode of Street Talk. Uh, really excited today. I have one of my very, very close dear friends, Jeff Giganti from Giganti Hospitality Group and Forbici Modern Italian uh, with me. I consider him to be one of the most talented restaurant tours out there. Jeff, thanks a lot for joining me today. Thanks so much, Andrew, and I appreciate those kind words, and uh, I'm excited to be on Street Talk. So maybe just for the uh, audience that doesn't know you as well as I do, you want to give us a little bit of a background? Yeah, so I started in the restaurant industry many, many years ago, probably before most of you guys watching were born, but I've been doing this for 30 years. I built a company in Tampa called Chicho Restaurant Group, and we've got like 11 different brands amongst those. About three years ago, I came to this really great place in my life where I was um, able to do things based purely on passion and not out of a need to earn a paycheck. So I chose to kind of start Giganti Hospitality on my own accord to build full service hospitality restaurants because that's really my passion. And at CRG, we started to kind of get away from full service restaurants. We have, you know, some, uh, my, my co-founder, Jim Lonza has two younger sons who are really coming up in leadership in the company. And, and their uh, trajectory was something a little different than what Jim and I were doing, which is great, but it wasn't my passion anymore. And in my opinion, you get one lap around this wonderful thing called life. And I wanted to do what drove me. So Forbici Modern Italian was born uh, in June of last year, worked on for about a year before that, and it encompasses what all of my passions are. One of our little mottos is every friend was once a stranger, and I think at Forbici, when you gather around our tables, a lot of friendships are, are blooming from strangers. So we have a whole lot of fun. It's a, a 6,000 square foot modern Italian restaurant with an emphasis on Roman style pizza. Hence the name Forbici. Forbici is scissors in Italian. And we use the artisan dough scissors to cut our dough. And uh, just having a lot of fun and have two other concepts right now in development that we'll, we'll start announcing soon. And, you know, just blessed to be serving this great community for 25 years. And I feel like the best is yet to come. Well, it's, it's perfectly lead into our next question. You know, you... 20, 20 plus years building, 17 years building the brand, jump off to your passion project. I know the amount of hours and time and, and uh, love put into the, that development and creation. Get it up and running. Everything's starting to really click for you, I know. Uh, and then we hit March of 2020. Why don't you tell yeah. us a bit about you know, how, how you've been uh, handling this pandemic? Well, the quote is great. It always comes to my mind. What Mike Tyson said is, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. So that was our, our literal punch in the face was the pandemic that started to spread. We saw signs early on in March, but I was hoping against hope that, you know, there was going to be simultaneously some great treatment or cure or vaccine. So by mid-March, you saw parts of the country start to shut. That's when we kind of went into uh, the offensive aggressive building a business plan for our slice joint, which is, you know, 700 square feet of our concept is a grab and go pizza counter, salads, pastas. And it was where we were going to build our business for catering, takeout, delivery. We had just started to build it. 
when I say just started, literally two months, probably um, the beginning of February, we started to advertise and get on Uber Eats and start to put it out there. But it, it was not formed yet. So mid-March happens, and then we start to see the signs around the country of what was to come with us. As you guys may know, in Tampa, we have you know, a great mayor, Mayor Jane Castor, and at a, a overabundance of caution, she wanted to shut us down early. So I think her mandate came out around the 18th, which was a Friday that she said, tomorrow's the last day that you guys can have people into the restaurant. You will be solely essential and serve takeout only. So for a restaurant that did very little, I'd say less than... 7% of our sales were takeout. That was terrifying for us. So I knew that because in that week from the 15th to like the 20th, a lot of restaurants had closed and some very well-respected restaurateurs in our area just started to shut down, you know, to make sure that they were keeping their staff safe and the customers safe. And, you know, having talked to them since, a lot of them thought that this was going to be a two-week thing, three weeks tops. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done what they did. So what we did was I went back to my playbook from 1990 when I opened up my first pizzeria at Florida State University. Flyer, flyer, flyer. We printed 15,000 menus with a little sticker on them that had 20% off for uh, meals of $50 or more. And I had all of my service staff come in and pay them 10 bucks an hour to flyer five-mile circle around our restaurant, every single door. We made them wear Forbici t-shirts, and we coached them to have the conversations when they would see our neighboring community members outside of their homes and let them know. We're Forbici, we're in Hyde Park, the new Italian restaurant. We've got these amazing family meal deals. There's 20% off. We just wanted you to have our menu handy. And we had at times as high as a 10% conversion on those menus. <laughs> so anybody in sales knows, I mean, you strive to have a 1%. So 10% of 20,000 menus, you're talking about 2,000 possibly new customers. That's how we started. From there, uh, the next weekend, my partner actually had the idea. He's like, you know, we should, because we have live music at Forbici every weekend and people love it because this space used to be Selena's, a very iconic restaurant in Tampa's history known for live music. So we did that when we opened Forbici. And so, you know, he said, let's call and see if the musician will maybe come and play for, you know, a pittance of what he would normally charge. And sure enough, we had this young performer who's like, I just moved home with my mom. I'm going nuts there. I'm happy to come out. Just give me a hundred bucks. I'll play for four hours. So he came out and did that, and he made like 500 bucks that first night. But we were, we were joking with our team, trying to you know, keep them lighthearted, saying, you remember the scene in Titanic, right, when the ship was going down and the string quartet was like, well, <laughs> let's all play. So that was what we were doing. But we kept him three nights a week for the seven weeks we were shut down. And this beautiful thing called social media, people shared that and were so appreciative of that and literally would come with lawn chairs, put them together, you know, get our pizza, sit it on the sidewalk and listen to the music. That was another, you know, value add that we showed because, you know, we wanted to let people know sales, every business is storytelling. We really wanted to document the story very well. Same thing, you know, I went home one night in the early week 
and my wife was frantic and I was like, what's wrong? She's like, I went to three Publixes, two Walmarts. There's no toilet paper anywhere in the city. And so I had already heard this about eggs and I heard this about milk and I heard this. And now you have to understand I'm in the food industry. So all of my purveyors, their machines of, of commerce had shut down. So they were sitting on, so I called up, you know, Dade Paper, my paper supply. He's like, Jeff, I have uh, 10,000 cases of 60 roll toilet paper. How many would you like? So I bought 10 cases to start. I brought two cases home. I said, here's 120 rolls. We should be good. So of course, then Erica, my wife, my lovely wife, who's my life, as Andrew knows, she starts making gift baskets for all her girlfriends. I was like, now, I didn't say come home and start giving that out to everybody. <laughs> but anyhow, she did. And, you know, that was also, you know, acts of kindness, which were great. So we rolled those toilet papers and gave those out with everybody who ordered, you know, $40 or more. They were getting a little gift of toilet paper rolled in our Forbici pizza paper. So it was a cute little gimmick, but we had literally hundreds and hundreds of shares. So our social media started to catch fire. All through this time, we've been a very uh, community-minded company. And I've always done that because I really believe you've got to give back. You got to lift up the community that has built your life for you. We've always done that. So early on, we started serving um, a charity that's near and dear to my heart, which is Vicky Sokolik with Starting Right Now. Their chef had to go take care of his ailing mother and father, and they weren't able to make the meals in-house. So we got an initiative together that my PR girl, Brooke Palmer, kind of put together. And we, we fed them for eight weeks three meals a day. And that wasn't just me. That was a lot of great community restaurants. And so we started doing that. But, and again, that was shared on social by them, which they tagged us. And, you know, this is the great thing of this thread that weaves all great businesses together is a lot of my great customers started calling going, Hey, I saw you did that. My sister's a nurse at Tampa general. Could, could I give you like a thousand bucks and you send like, you know, 50 pizzas over there? And I was like, absolutely. And so I put a message out on one of my Monday motivations stating what was happening. We had like two great people reach out and start to say, hey, we want to donate money to you. And there's organizations popping up that were doing this. Julian from On Bikes has started uh, fueling the front lines and the Melendi family, a great family here, started Rising Tides. And so, you know, we were kind of the first people we did that the very first week through it all Andrew we must have fed 10,000 meals to these front lines based on donations That's which wonderful. helped us and again my whole goal when this whole thing shut down was to lose a survivable amount of money each week I was not looking to make money I wasn't looking to thrive we were looking to survive and I was looking to keep as many people on so March 7th we had 87 employees by March 20th, we had had to furlough 60 of them. We kept 27 on to run our takeout in our front of house and, and my flyer people. By the second week we were going, and, and like I said, okay, so let's just use round numbers. Pre-COVID, we would do $10,000 a week in, in takeout sales. The first week, it may have been a little bit more than that, but not much, less than 20,000. By the third week, with some of the great sharing you know, organically that was going on, we were up to like 33,000. At the end of it all, we averaged over seven weeks doing a little over $50,000 a week in straight takeout. Wow. So you're talking about two and a half million dollar business, which, you know, at the pre-COVID was only a, a half a million. So for me, 
I knew that we were building new customers. And I also know because, you know, I'm an Uber Eats customer myself, that if those people were using us and they liked the product that they got, that they would add us into their repertoire of going out. And that we've seen over the past, this is our third week of dining rooms open that happened on May 4th. So many people came in and said, we had no idea that you guys even existed. We saw you guys on social. We saw you on the news. We tried your food. It was amazing. We loved the discount. We loved the toilet paper. And we wanted to come support you as soon as you opened. So that's been, that story has been being told over and over again in our dining room for the past three weeks. And it's been so beautiful. So that, that in a nutshell is kind of where we have now, again, the truth of the matter, I was expecting 50% of this takeout business to fall off once we open. It's not even been 50%. It's less than that. We've maintained 60 to 70% of that business. I don't know if that's going to stay. We're three weeks in early, but I do know this. It won't go down to $10,000 a week. We built quite a great, robust takeout business. Well, that's quite an amazing story there. I mean, just kind of recapping, you know, you, you're in a business for 17 years, launch your passion, your dream, Gigante Hospitality, get a restaurant opened up, get it stabilized, you know, less than a year in, national pandemic, have to adapt your business model. I can only imagine, you know, how it feels to, to lay off, you know, three quarters oh, of your staff and the gun wrench. Brutal. But, but persevering, working with the community, working with your, your your teammates, and and on the back end, I mean, I don't think I heard you say one negative thing along that entire story. It's- These restaurateurs that I was mentioning earlier that had shut down had been in contact with me as we were going and, you know, just kind of taking our temperature. So how's it going? Like, what would you say your increase would be? When I'm telling them hundreds of percent, you know, they started to open back up. And, you know, again, I welcome that. I wasn't like, you know, especially wanting to be the only game in town. I wanted more options for everybody because that brings more people to Hyde Park. That said, I grew up a kid with not a whole lot. So I knew I was going to have to fight my whole life to get to the life that I wanted. And I did. The alternative to me, which would be to shut down and just wait and sit on my thumbs. And that would have driven me insane. And so I'm much better being in constant action. And I think, you know, I probably would have caused troubles in my marriage if I was home stressing out over <laughs> my businesses and not doing something like that. It's a great thing to hear that entrepreneurial spirit, that, you know, that entrepreneurial fight. You know, so many people out there take these chances and, you know, they're, they've been doing well and they've been battling every day. And as you said, you know, when they get punched in the face, you know, at no fault of their own trying to do everything right. Right. It kind of feels like maybe it's not going to work out, but you know, here in your story, hopefully that motivates and inspires some people to say, you know, you take the punch and you, and you keep pushing forward. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the changes that we think are going to come, you know, to the industry. Obviously a lot has changed uh, in the short term, but I think there might be some, some long-term effects, concept development and, and restaurant floor plans. I know you said you had a couple exciting things to announce here in the near future. Are you starting to yeah. Take that into consideration. I follow um, some of my mentors in the business, like Steve Hansen and and uh, and some of these other people. I, I watch and see what they're doing, and again, they're very slow and methodical moving. But I also see some locals that are putting up these huge plexiglass barriers in between tables and building real high top. Hospitality is a social contour. I mean, it is. You know, it's it's very definition is to be out and be social. And I believe the human race is a social race. So 
what we will be doing and won't be changing is upping our sanitation, looking at much more cleanable, presentable menus. And then, you know, as well as I read voraciously and this morning, CDC comes out saying, oh, sorry, we were wrong. It can't live on surfaces. And that's not how this disease is contracted, you know, which to me is just, again, you know, the media drove that story home. And, you know, it was the data that they had at the time. But that's what caused a lot of panic is that this thing could live on a table for a couple hours. And so now we're finding out that that is not the case. And it's very hard to contract this thing from a surface. So as I want to be measured and not start making design changes in what we're doing. Now, that being said, I, I don't know if our tables will be, you know, I came from the New York School of Restaurant Business, which is, you know, get a smaller space and pack them in. I don't know if I'm going to be doing that. You know, I, I think I'm going to give people comfortable distance, but it won't be six feet. I'll promise you that. Secondly, I think long term, long term. You mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long term, long term. But I think the glove use will definitely continue. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. But, you know, anyone who reads, who realizes that, you know, when you have gloves on and you come into contact, that microorganism can get on the glove. And when you touch your face with a glove, now it's on your face. So it's the changing of gloves. We mandate that our employees change gloves three times an hour. So they're only in gloves for 20 minutes. And we tell them not to touch their face. All of our employees running food or drinks wear masks. And again, there's some science behind that that I, I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, that's they say that masks really help if you have the disease not to spread it. All of our employees have been tested for COVID and we have negatives. Um, they're, they're screened as soon as they come in. They're asked the three questions, and they're hit with the temperature. If anyone goes 100 or over, they're asked to leave and, and not come back until the fever is gone and get tested immediately. So we're doing everything that we can to be very, very safe. That said, Andrew, we're, we're seeing an overwhelmingly positive response from our customers, that they feel very safe. Um, I think Going forward, outdoor spaces are going to be very important because for some reason, even in our 94-degree weather yesterday, outside was busier than inside, and people just feel that outside they're safe for the sun or you know whatever the, the mindset is. So I'm going to make sure that we have beautiful outdoor areas that are cooled and climate-controlled and, and, and that kind of thing wherever we go next and already working on making our patio here at Forbichy more comfortable put up new fans and looking to get a new um canopy over top because ours right now is black and it like cooks you from from the top down we have a beautiful 1800 square foot tent as part of our lift up local initiative and it's white and it's surprisingly cooler so i'm going to look to put a white canopy over top of our patio and you know that'll be at a good expense but that's an investment i believe in because i believe that investment in, uh, in making our outdoor spaces cooler and accommodating to staff, I mean, to uh, customers, I think that's a huge investment and it's important for us. So, but we'll, we won't be putting plexiglass or glass divisions in, amongst tables. I mean, if that was the case, then every, every stranger would remain a stranger would be our saying. And that, that's, not, that's not what we're doing. Well, I think you hit on it, right? The uncertainty has been been the hardest part, right? How long, how is it transmitted? How big is the death rate? When is the vaccine going to be integrated? And, and you know, all the meanwhile, 
we you know, have to figure out what we're doing with our economies in our in our in our business. Uh, I think you're smart and taking it slow and not being too quick to make any huge adaptions, uh, figuring out what's works, and then you know kind of get get behind it. I do think outdoor dining is going to be here to stay uh, for a while, and I want to give a shout out to our mayor for that lift up local program. Uh, I know that that's been a, a big big help to the restaurant tours and the restaurant industry. You know, on that, that uncertain, you ask five people what they think the future holds and you get five different answers, you know, but, and, and obviously you don't have the crystal ball. I don't either. We, a lot, lot to be told, but you know, we've been open now, I think for about three weeks. Yes. Starting to get a sense of the population, you know, are, are people coming back? Do you think sales are going to bounce back or are we going to be living? You know, I do. I do. You know, and, and I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs locally and some of them have a very dismal outlook. And my question to them is, even if you think that way, why would you live that way? You know, people think that it's going to be five years before it gets back to normal. And, and America loves a comeback. And they really invest in it. And I, I see it happening now. And I was really bullish on Tampa before this. I'm even more bullish now because what is going to happen and, and part of the fallout here are people that were in my industry that were not meant to be in my industry and just you know, surviving through the boom economy are going to be gone. So the strong are going to survive and they're going to take a good bit of the market share away from the people that shouldn't have had it in the first place. And there's going to be tremendous opportunity as to, because, you know, certainly hospitality as well as commercial real estate, as you know, all those great corners were taken. I think some of those corners are going to open up. You know, I'm going to do everything I can with me and my group to make sure that we move in a smart, methodical measured way and put the concepts that we know will sustain and be classic uh, iconic concepts of tampa for the future for the next 25 years well there's a saying I, i've been using a lot which is expertise is only valued when it's needed and jeff you are clearly an expert in that hospitality space uh, and it's been i'm all motivated and pumped up sitting here talking to you today uh, about charging an attack in the world it's going to be exciting to watch you not just survive as was your goal in the beginning, yeah. Thrive in this upcoming environment. I, I can, I know it's going to happen for you, and excited to have you on again for Beachy Modern Italian in Hyde Park Village. They have the best wings in town. You may not think that from an Italian place, but they absolutely right. have the wings in town. Uh, go visit him. Go see his team. I know they'd love to have you guys. Uh, and Jeff, any, any closing thoughts? Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. So the closing thoughts are what I kind of talked about early. Is this is a time of healing. It's a time for leaders to lead. And when I say that, you know, I think of Mayor Castor because she sure took a bunch of flack when she came out with the Lift Up Local initiative, which was allowing restaurants to have street space in and around them, either temporary or permanent closures for up to this month time. Well, she got blasted by a lot of her constituents. She stood strong. And I think that leaders are going to have to continue to do that and be very stead right in their convictions and understand that as long as you are on the side of right, meaning you're doing the best that you can for your business, your family, your employees, and your customers, you are on the side of right. Follow all the mandates and, and, and you know, what we're being guided with and try not to be blaming or shaming and be understanding of people who aren't quite ready, which we are, the same way I hope that they're understanding that we are ready and this is the right move for us. And we would certainly never want to cause harm to anyone. But, you know, that may be a byproduct of something. 
again, we, we're faith-filled people. We don't believe that. And we're practicing to the safest measures we can. I assert that all the other businesses that are looking to do this, to do it the same way. I could not agree more. You know, you spend your life doing it. Businesses are worth fighting for. So They are. Uh, your dreams are worth fighting for. The employees are worth fighting for. Your community is worth fighting for. Uh, and that kind of binary choice of either care about people or you're closing your business you know, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, but no, I agree. I agree hundred percent. So just one minute from you, what do you see in your future as far as real estate? I mean, is there going to be, you know, the wild, wild West, is it opening back up? Yeah. Well, I, I think the, it's a very similar statement. Uncertainty is the biggest problem across the board. You know, how long does this go? How deep is it? Uh, not all restaurateurs are, are like you. I mean, I've seen projections where 35% of restaurants are going to close. You know, you're starting to see a lot of retail bankruptcies. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of pressure on on, on real estate. And, uh, you know, for me, for us, I mean, expertise is only valued when it's needed. Uh, we have a great, robust team of experts to be able to help uh, across, you know, a wide cross-section of industry uh, and geography in the Southeast. And, and we plan to, you know, as an organization, help our communities get through, uh, play defense in the beginning so that we can get to to playing some aggressive offense. I, I know there's going to be a lot of opportunity on uh, you know, guarded, but I'm excited about what the future holds very much like you. I think we're going to adapt and overcome. And and I think we may have come up with the, the name for this this episode here. America loves yeah. to come back. So let's, uh, let's get roaring back. I love it. Well, thanks for having me and have a great rest of your week. You too. Thanks everyone for joining this episode of Street Talk. It was a great one. Jeff, I'll be at Fort Beachy. Uh, I'll be there soon. Come on in. I got your wings ready. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Talk by Franklin Street. Have a question about something you heard on the street? Visit podcast.franklinst.com to send us your questions and listen to more insights. <laughs> <laughs>